start one day and my answer to be everything anything other than oh uh-huh. <laughs> yeah yeah see you asked and you received and Amen. i think part of it is um i guess we could talk about the personal section but i have something else to talk about in the personal section but uh-huh. i started this new prayer plan oh okay and it's been really great. And I think, like, me, like, you know, really being consistent and intentional and setting some time, you know, really, really, like, every day, like, that's the very first thing I do. Mm. Um, it's re- I've really been seeing the difference. So, yes, I think that's a huge Yeah, that's a Just, big, that makes a big difference. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when I was teaching, I was like, whenever I would kind of like rush in and like just get started with the day without like praying, mm-hmm. like for the day and over the kids and over the class, like mm-hmm. it would just be a day from hell. So I was just yeah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because those so, kids will try you. Whew. They bring all those little spirits into the room with them. Man, I think at one point, because, you know, I was real young when I was teaching. I think I did tell some little boy to meet me on the corner after <laughs> school. <laughs> Only in Inglewood. In Inglewood. Because I was like, mind you, these kids are good and grown right now. We're probably yeah, kids of their own. But yeah. I was like, you little boy mm. are tested by patience. I don't get pay nary enough yeah not even deal, close not even close to enough <laughs> deal with you so Ooh, don't yeah. test me you know come yeah meet me on that corner like he was like wow for real I was like <laughs> yeah for real yeah for real <laughs> oh that is Hysterical. Yeah, so I love it. And that's what happens when you you know when you don't pray. When you don't pray and you also have like early twenty year olds in charge of like fourteen year olds. (laughs) Right, 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 right. I was like ten years older than them. So it wasn't like (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, barely, barely old enough to do anything. Yeah, they had like siblings my age. A lot of them had siblings my age. So Sure, sure. Yeah. I was like, Oh Jesus. Do oh, I know you? Yeah, right. do we go to school together? Yeah. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, is this a little prayer plan that you mapped out for yourself or are you following somebody's like Oh, it's the Bible app. Have you ever like, Oh, okay. The Bible app has mm-hmm. some really amazing yeah. um, plans. I've done like a few of them. Mm-hmm. Like me and the fella did like a whole like relationship one. I remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I really like that. It was really good. And um, 
Yeah, I've done, you know, some of them every night. Like, there's a whole, um, like, mental illness one that I did. Mm, okay. Um, and so, um, and it talks about different mental illnesses and then, um, like, different, you know, things. And I did one about, a couple of them about grief. Right. And so those were really, really great, too. So, yeah, if there's I've just done a bunch of them, and I have, like, a bunch of them saved to, like, start mm. next. So this one is a 32-day one. Okay. Yeah, so I'm on day, like, 13, I think. All right. Because it's one I started a while ago and kind of, like, stopped doing, like, a few days in and went back uh-huh. to it. And so I was like, let me just restart this. And so I restarted and I've been, you know, and I get the little, hey, look at you. You've been doing it every day. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's like a little tracker. They're yeah. Like, yeah, oh keep God, doing it. I did it. Yeah. You know, positive reinforcement works for everything. Yeah. So. yeah. That's always good. I like a little encouragement. Yes. Encouragement. Good. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So, what's going on in the news? Apparently not the thing that I told you about. Like, so, (laughs) every now and then, I kind of check in. Because, like, the first episode, like, our viral thing and, you know, news thing were kind of the same. Mm -hmm. So, I kind of, like, check in with you before to see, like, what your news story, like, what direction you're going in. So, I can make sure, like, we're not doing the same thing. Just add a little variety. And Mm -hmm. so, I asked you about something that I'm going to talk about (laughs) and wait, tell me everything. And you were like what's that? And I was like, okay, well, clearly that's not what you're doing. So. <laughs> right, I was we're like, good. Oh, and I'll tell you about it that. later. I'll tell, right. about, tell you about it on Thursday. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. I was like, oh, what that is? What is that? I don't know what that is. I was like, okay, it's a person. I didn't say it, I was like, it's a person. <laughs> I was like, then I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> who that is? Who that is? Oh, so problematic. I know. So, yeah, it's not a fun story, but it's a, it's one that it's been around for a while, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, news. Yeah. News, 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 news. What's news, going news. on? Please tell me there's nothing about the man in D.C. Well, not, <sighs> no, well, not Indirectly. Indirectly. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't cover it this last week, but I feel like, you know, we can't be true to newsworthy if we're not talking about some of the most, you know, uh, hottest topics in the nation. So yeah. I'm doing one heavy and one light. So today, um, I'm we're going to go ahead and talk about the gun issue. Um, okay. As um, you know, and as I'm sure all of our listeners know, um, last week or... Um, a week it was actually day, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. They're actually calling it the Valentine's Day Massacre, which just, you know, God, it's as if that, as if it, in and of itself wasn't bad enough. Like the name just makes it feel like worse mm. some, somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I like, if that's even possible, yeah. Right. How how is that possible? Um so yeah, um this was um Valentine's Day massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Um another mass shooting and this is after of course so many that we've been have been in the news just it seems like the moment that we sort of recover to a certain degree from the last one, something new happens. Newtown, Orlando, Las Vegas, Fort Lauderdale. Um, so this just adds to that already too long list of um, of mass shootings. Um, this time at uh, again at a high school. Um, 
And I think the last count was 17 mm-hmm. that um, yeah. were, were killed um, and at the hands of an 18-year-old uh, shooter. So um, the news article that I chose to focus in on is out of uh, Politico. And the uh, headline is, um, Facing Jeers and Boos, uh, Rubio Shifts on Guns During Tense Forum. Hmm. So... They had one of those um, CNN town halls, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a gathering of parents, uh, um, students uh, from uh, Stoneman Douglas High School, and uh, a panel of senators, and who were all, and this is in a, it's in uh, Broward County, which is uh, mm-hmm. what they call, uh, very, like, it's a very liberal part of Florida, Mm-hmm. Um, that's where or, or Fort Lauderdale or no that's Miami I'm trying to think I'm sorry I used to know these things but yeah okay, go on. you're the you're the history geography I, person. I had a job like author <laughs> it's in Broward County so I was like where was I going I can't remember. yeah you don't even know I can't tell you if you don't know where you was going shoot. I can't remember oh I don't know yeah, I don't know exactly uh, what the city's Broward County covers. I didn't look that up, but just uh, they were just emphasizing in this article that it's uh, a, one of it's like the liberal bastion of Florida in terms of um, that state and how it's broken up. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and so the panel of senators was basically all Democrats. Rubio was the only Republican on stage, mm. and so um, he. Um, in his, in he, you know, it's a town hall, so there was it was a question and answer format, and um, he broke with President Trump on this whole ridiculous idea to arm teachers. Oh my God! I was yeah. like, and you were a teacher too, so you know. Yeah, I was a teacher for, too. You're educated it's for so... a long time. Mm-hmm. One, don't get paid enough. Years. Two, like, no. what? I'm like, um, no, like the train. I was like. I had to get my own, um, what do you call it, a construction paper, like my own school supplies, and you're going to tell me y'all going to provide me with a gun and training? Yeah. That, now, it's just ridiculous. Okay, It's just on. ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I was, like, like you said, I was in education for 14 years, um, more than half of that in the classroom, and again, this is, it's just such a, it's such a stupid idea, so, mm-hmm. um, so that was the first thing he basically, you know, he did say that he felt that that was not, he was, he called it a bad idea, which oh, is an understatement. Like that is the understatement of the year. <laughs> it is. Um, and then the other things that he kind of broke with the uh, main line um, was um, that he would um, favor the raising of the minimum age from 18 to 21 um, mm-hmm. for the purchase of um, assault rifles. And he would also consider restricting the size of magazines for firearms. Mm. Um, so it really was a striking turnabout for Rubio, who, mm-hmm. um, as this article puts it, never met a gun rights bill he didn't vote for, um, both in uh, the Florida legislator, le- legislature and in Congress. Um, so the fact that he even is, you know, kind of, looking at some of these uh places to 
to move and try to find common ground um, mm-hmm. is pretty striking. Because it's, it's out of hand. I'm like, it's been out of hand. Any yeah. child, the fact that any child has died and nothing like happened mm-hmm. immediately after that. Yeah, like Sandy just, Hook. Right. Yeah, it's just alarming. Like, so yeah, when we say like, the, you know, that kind of thing, when we say, you know, when it's okay to kill like a five-year-old, mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, there, what, do you, what else can you do? Right. So, and that's basically what he said, you know, he wanted, he wants to prevent, just like everyone else, prevent another massacre, and that, um, and that it's time for everyone to start rethinking their positions. Um, So, unfortunately, though, of this, it wasn't really, not unfortunately, but for whatever, it wasn't enough for the crowd that was gathered. Um, Mm -hmm. And, um, and so he, he really was met with a lot of, um, like the like the headline said, a lot of boos, a lot of jeers. Well, you're looking uh, at a crowd who just had this tragedy, and then they exactly. had like the pulse shooting. You know, I mean, yeah. like they're. I mean, of course, like these people are. Yeah. Up in you know, like yeah. It's yeah. It's just. It's. So it's a, it was like it, to me like as I read the article, it was hard to kind of hold in in the balance all that was going on in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, town hall you know you have like you said uh, people who are fresh in the mm-hmm. uh, you know waves of grief and um, and just the shock of everything that just happened you know uh, this ha- this town hall was yesterday so we're talking a- exactly a week later so right. it, it's it's everything everything's right at the surface um, and um, and again the setting was one that was very you know um, gun control um, centered, and so uh, even even these sort of like small movements um, on Rubio's part were you know never going to be enough in this given all that the context you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so sure. it just you know it just made sense, but um, uh, you know he, I you know I feel like I have to give him uh, credit to the degree that he was the only Republican that showed up, including. Uh, Republican Governor Rick Scott, um, and um, and then um, and even one of the Senator Bill Nelson, who was there, um, tried you know like really did try to throw him a lifeline and, and give him credit with regard to that, saying like, well, look, he's the only one here, um, you know, um, even you know Rick Scott's not here, and you know, so let's you know, but the crowd wasn't having it, and. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, but he, he did, you know, he, he stood his ground and just continued to say, you know, he wants to find common ground um, and, and really work toward figuring out, you know, where, where, the, where, it, where that common ground is. Uh, so, and starting really with the three things that he noted, which, um, which I listed. So, um, so that was really what it was about. Um, the crowd, of course, came back with, um, there was one, well, one of the other uh, Democratic representatives, Ted uh, Deutsch, Dutch, mm-hmm. Deutsch? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. I don't even know where Bro- Broward County is. So. Like, yeah, why am I asking you, you know? Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so you just told everybody I knew everything now. So it's like, yeah. she don't know nothing. She don't know, her, she don't know she geography. Don't know. A former know. history teacher doesn't know geography. I don't know. It's right now. <laughs> it is late. I, can, I know that I know this. I just cannot right now. You okay, cannot. go on. I cannot. It's crazy. Yeah. So this uh, this representative, Ted, let's say Deutsch, 
who represents um, the district where the school was located, the city, which is in the city of Parkland. Um, he said, you know, the time for talking in Washington about what to do about guns is over. Um, we know what to do. You know, so that was one of the quotes that came out of the night and kind of the the feel of the whole um, the crowd overall. Um, so. Uh, and it's interesting because Rubio had actually after the um, the failed attempt at the uh, running for the president's uh, the, the you know, the presidential mm-hmm. um, primary. Um, he had actually sort of was going to seem like he was headed towards withdrawing from the um, civil servant, you know, life altogether. And Mm -hmm. he has always pointed to the Orlando, um, the Pulse nightclub shooting as the reason why he leapt back into the Senate race. Um, And having felt kind of the weight of that, but then at the same time, once he did get back into the Senate, um, one, you know, he won with a huge amount of NRA support, uh, mm-hmm. round about round about three point three million dollars in contributions, and um, and so I think as a result of that, you know, two years into it, he had yet to really champion any new gun legislation in Congress at all. Um, so it, this is, you know, this is his first sort of foray at stepping out and. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Backing. is like tipping your big toe in the water. Right. It is. And it absolutely is. Like, I mean, even the things that he mentioned are very small moves. I think anyone mm-hmm. would have to admit that. Um, but it is moves. And I think that for me, my frustration is, and not just in the gun control, um, uh, gun control versus gun rights debate, um, but in any of these like very, um, you know, uh, just hostile types of conflicts that um, that people are coming from such different places on the map and Mm -hmm. that, you know, everybody needs to make baby steps like, you know, to some degree, like there isn't this idea that from this representative that, you know, we know what to do and there's nothing more. I don't know that that's really true. You know, (laughs) like clearly there's a lot to talk about and we might, you know, like there's, there's probably some things that you're never going to agree on. I think that the idea is that everyone needs to step away from their entrenched place. Right. And... I mean, like, there's, like, both sides of the coin. Like, there are people sure. who feel like they should be able to own every type of gun in the world, and they're pacifists. So you have who don't right. So, like, yeah, so we're not going to be on either of those sides. Like, that's right. not the solution at all. Right. right. But, yeah, we have to come to some kind of... Yeah, because, you know, I don't own a gun. I didn't grow up in a house, uh, whole, you know, where my dad didn't own a gun. Mm-hmm. I touched a gun for the first time, like, a few months ago, mm-hmm. and I liked it a whole lot. But <laughs> that's, that's, totally, neither, that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> but, like, okay, you know, having a handgun, like, even, like, here, like, I know you met him like a vegan like very like mm-hmm. natural and he owns guns like you would never think that this person sure. owns guns but he's like born and bred in the countries of georgia right. like i gun it's a part of like culture and life here or whatever but like an assault rifle like right unless you're in the military why do you need an assault rifle like i don't that i don't 
get. So I think, yeah, like, there are degrees to this. And and I think, and that's what I'm saying, like, this type of conversation is what needs to be had. Because, honestly, one of the things that um, my previous pastor, Bishop Ulmer, used to say is that the truth is rarely at the extremes that we are. Right. Right. And so, you know, if if the truth is somewhere in that middle ground, somewhere Mm -hmm. in between, yes, let me, you know, have like an AK, you know, like an arsenal of AK 47s. And, you know, and no, no one can have anything. We need to be like, you know, Switzerlanders at Sweden, which which of the two has like no guns at all. Um, Mm. There's uh, whatever, you can pick any of those countries um there's a lot of them that don't do you know like nobody owns anything other than the police and in some of them Mm -hmm. not even the police carry guns you know so like it's something in between that extreme like to me like that doesn't that doesn't make sense for here like it doesn't make sense for here and you have to take it yeah you have to take into account like the the fact that there is a black market for these things and so even though you know law-abiding citizens don't have some something doesn't mean that there's bad guys will do what they need to to get what they want to mm-hmm. do the bad, bad stuff the bad guys <laughs> the bad guys Kristen there are bad guys and there are good guys I don't know if you're aware of this um, <laughs> and the bad guys will do whatever they have to to get the good guys including buying guns on the black market <laughs> Oh gosh! Okay, you're hilarious, but yeah, I totally get it. So yeah, thank you. Continue. Um, so the other thing, the one thing that Rubio was met with applause with was when he went to say that he supports the banning of bump stocks, which is that whole uh, mechanism that can be added um, to a semi-automatic weapon so that it'll fire like a machine gun, oh, um, which is what was used in um, Vegas. Um, so. Um, the the Las Vegas shooting that was uh, this whole idea I mean this whole concept of bump stocks uh, really came to the the foreground in those stories because uh, that that guy that shooter uh, was able to get off that much that many more rounds having used these bump stocks to convert um, basically his regular semi-automatic guns into a machine gun type. Right, thing. yeah, because again, when the founders you know, put the second right. amendment in there, they had no you know, right. you know, for reference that like guns w- would be what like they have become, like so right. it would take you like a million years to like. <laughs> right, right. To yeah, so to attack that many people at yeah, one time, yeah, yeah, sure. on on by yourself, like without by yourself, yeah. like yeah. But it's 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 just heartbreaking. I was watching. Yes. Sorry, uh-uh. it wasn't my choice, Doctor Phil, um, and he had. Um, <laughs> it wasn't my choice. It wasn't my choice. I was just sitting there eating. Um, <sighs> there was he had like some of the students who were there um, for the park lane sh- park. Oh, why can't I think of anything? Anyway, <laughs> today I'm having me, I have a block on Florida. You anyway, are some man. of the students from the school. And mm-hmm. he also had um, some Columbine survivors mm-hmm. there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, you can see like 19 years later, like this right. is how it's become so much more common. Like back then that was like, you know, I remember that, like how shocking and just like 
just unbelievable that was. And now we have these shootings all the time. And it's just. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's very sad. This is not uh, something we want to be dis- desensitized. No, to no. killing of children no. or anybody, any mass well, killing. Just any mass killing. I mean, I, I had um, right after the, the Vegas shooting. So, um, you know, obviously I'm in L.A. Vegas is very close to L.A. And mm-hmm. that particular music festival um, where I work, um, a lot of people that I know and a lot of people, you know, like kind of two, uh, um, two and three degrees of separation or whatever, um, had people that were like were there who were shot at, who were injured, um, who knew someone who was killed. I mean, it was very close to home um, mm-hmm. in terms of um, just for myself, like, I, you know, like. I, I have um, nurses that I work with who were there running for their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy and something, and it's a combination of things I feel that need to be handled beginning with this discussion on guns and what, what can we do to make this less accessible, less, less accessible, um, and um, harder to come by. And then also, um, you know, some of the things that Rubio brought up was, um, you know, supporting uh, longer, better, more thorough background checks um, and beginning um, and having, you know, fuller discussions about what the funding of mental health um, can look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that those are all relevant things. Like it's it's guns for sure, but then at the heart of it, you have to start dealing with, uh, you know, the people, you know, behind the guns who are doing these, mm-hmm. um, compelled to, um, for whatever reason, whether it's a mental health issue, whether it's, you know, whatever reason they're acting out, like, where is that? Where is that coming from? What is that about? Yeah, and this is um, a person, the, the shooter, that this didn't come out of any nowhere. Like, this was right, well documented. Right. Like, There's a lot leading up to it. And what could have been done to help him? Like, what could have been done to um, to assist him along the way and, and t- put him on a different path? Um, there, You know, like, I, there has to have been something. There has to have been various places where there could have been a turning point mm. and you know I don't know what those I don't know what those were I don't know the circumstances and the details of this guy's life um and again short the short 18 years that he's <laughs> been on this planet well they did um mention you know his background but I don't even want to get into that because that whole presenting the media presenting him as this you know, poor, you know, the whole, the whole mental health thing with this, you know, oh, his mother died when he was four and this happened and this happened. And that's why, where it seems like they're trying to, I know he's a person, but like humanize him and like elicit sympathy in a way that I feel, you know, where a a Trayvon Martin, where you have a boy wearing a hoodie and he's convicted for his own murder. So, Uh you know Uh and you know a person selling lucy's is killed where this person who shot 17 people he's taken alive Uh Uh um the guy who's stealing roof you know 
that's the one uh-huh. who shot the church. He's yeah, taken he's, to Burger King. Burger King, right. Yeah, yep. so, like, these, you know, so, it's, you know, being black in America, nothing's ever, can never just be what it is. Like, there's always right. these, like, different layers to it, so. Sure. That, and a double standard. And a, a double, standard. double standard. So, that just, like, made me angry, them trying to, like, explain away. Like, while, you know, those are real issues, and he, you know, pro- he clearly, anyone to, who does something like this has mental health issues like something's right. wrong because a normal wrong. well-adjusted person right. doesn't just mow down right a school but to just kind of the way things were framed um in mm-hmm. certain places were just you know just made me very just angry so right. i don't know it's just oh god yeah yeah no i i totally get that and I honestly I feel like one of the things that they really need to examine is you know look at the profile for all of these shooters like the common denominator is like these like kind of you know lower to middle class uh, white males like what is going on you know Mm -hmm. like if it was any other specific demographic other than white males um there you know (laughs) there'd be there would already be conversation about that there'd already be like you know if they were all you know uh latino you know and like any kind of brown or black person or whatever there'd be some commentary with regard to their you know where they're coming from culturally or whatever and you have to wonder like what what is that about i like i'm curious and i feel like that's something that needs to be addressed too because what is it about the cultural dynamic um in our country that these are the people that are acting out in these very um extreme ways extreme ways exactly Mm. yeah okay so so, oh gosh what's your happy news okay girl my happy news is terrific Hmm? terrific so it's terrific (laughs) oh it's terrific what is it so (laughs) um the um this is actually the article i was um in several different um uh publications i i just happened to pick the one that's out of the detroit free press mm-hmm. and the uh headline is alcohol and coffee can help you live past 90 study says oh well i'm going to live forever <laughs> Well, I didn't have any alcohol today. Like, I actually don't drink a lot anymore, but I mm-hmm. hardly drink at all, which which is oddly should be applauded, but my friends somehow feel like it's a defect. Um, well, these researchers are on your friend's sides. Oh, God. So the researchers found that those who drink moderate amounts of beer or wine, along with two cups of coffee, increase their chances to live a long life. Okay. Hmm. Um, I love how this article starts. It says, readers, we are honored and privileged to bring you the single greatest piece of news you've heard in your whole entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know people are like, you know, who are having parades right now because they're so excited. Oh, right. Man, celebrate. Celebrate Celebrate good times. Come on. Come on. Come on. So... (laughs) The study. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. 
So the study comes out of the U- of UC Irvine, University of California, Irvine. And um, what um, they did is um, they, it's called the 90 plus study. Mm-hmm. And they started back in 2003 and examined the oldest old age group. So about 1700 non nonagenarians. Mm-hmm. So that's um, people who, yeah, who have reached their 90th birthday and beyond to determine what is the key to living to that ripe old age. And so what they found was um, the people who in the study drank moderate amounts of alcohol or coffee lived longer than those who abstained. And here's some more good news. People who were overweight in their 70s also lived longer than normal or underweight people did. Well, I wonder if it's like it counts for being overweight in your 40s. I was like, well, does it have to just be like, your 70s? Yeah, so just basically <laughs> wait, wait, wait till you're 70 and then you can get fat. Okay, so I can need to lose weight now and then lose I can get now. fat again in 30 years. There you go. And then I'll be great. Drink my bottle of wine today. No. And all along, <laughs> all along, you can be moderately drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like that thing I saw of a um, black lady. I think she turned like 100 and something. And uh-huh. they were like, what do you do? And she was like, um, she like takes a shot of whiskey or something a day. Uh-huh. Her doctor told her to do that when she was like <laughs> younger. Uh-huh. And she's like, I've done it all my life. And I was yeah. like, All right, you go for I ain't it. Mad at her. Yeah, I'm like, mad. Take a shot every day. Yeah, she says, so one of the researchers, Dr. Claudia Kawa, says, I have no explanation for it, but I do firmly believe that modest drinking improves longevity. And so what do they mean by modest drinking? The research found that subjects who drank two glasses of beer or wine every day decrease their chances at premature death, hold on to your hats, by 18%. Hmm. And those who drank two cups of coffee a day decrease their chances by 10%. Okay, so add them both together. So 28. 28%. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> That's not how science works. That's how science works, Kristen. I don't know what you're talking That's about. That's not how statistics know. <laughs> so start your day off with two cups of coffee and your Darn, night with two glasses of wine. It takes me a whole like morning to drink one cup. I did get coffee this morning. I usually don't. <laughs> but I was like, I had to go by the coffee shop by home. So I was like, okay, I'll get a cup of coffee. Yeah. And I was mad because I missed the morning special by like 30 minutes. Oh, dang it. I know. It's not like I That's saved not... a lot of money. It's like a quarter, but I was like, still, like everyone hey. gets very excited about the morning jolt, the little little dollar coffee. Yeah, I mean, those quarters add up. Actually, no, it's 50 cents. When you think about it, it was 50 cents. Oh, Because they charge tax on these things. I'm not used to like people charging tax on snacks and stuff. Oh, and coffee. Yeah, yeah they charge state. tax on everything here. And I'm just like, I was like, I had my little money ready. I was like, five. She's like, oh, it's 150 something. And I was like, right. Right. Here. Gosh darn you, Georgia. Yeah. yeah. So you got a whole 28% more of life coming. Um, <laughs> so, and it says, you know, you now you do still need to exercise. Oh, damn. Sorry. The, re- <laughs> the 
the same research the same research found regular exercise as well as keeping busy with a regular hobby is also key to living a longer life okay so i need to start do those things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna go walking tomorrow go for a little yeah go for a nice long walk yeah take i've up, been you know, taking take a up. walk all week and it has not happened so i'm gonna do it tomorrow <laughs> It's a long I was like, walk. I was like, I'm gonna take a walk, and then I was like, Oh God, I'd have to like go, and then come back, and da da. And I was like, I'm not doing it. So yeah, okay, I'm gonna do that tomorrow. That's what the dog yeah. is good for. The Colonel and I, we're always on a long walk. Yeah, tomorrow yeah. Monday is kind of weird. So, well, okay. yeah. So, there you go. So there you awesome. have it. Yeah. So the article says next time someone gives you grief about another trip to the coffee stand or unwinding after work with that glass of beer, tell them you just want to live a long, beautiful life. Hmm. Yeah, look at that. Look at wow. that. So uh, just real good news. Real good news. Yeah, that's way better. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, the viral box. So. As you uh-huh. know, and all of America knows, this past weekend was Black Panther weekend. Woo-hoo! Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. <laughs> yes. I just did my yes. little cross, my little X across my chest. Me too. I, yes. I, you can't see us, but we you are. You can't see us, but we're. Uh, yes. Uh, um, it was glorious. I mean, uh, you know, glorious. I was going to talk about all of the beautiful people and all of the wonderful hashtags. There's a specific one um, called in, when, in Wakanda, which was great. So if you have some time, like y'all okay. look up hashtag in Wakanda. Glorious. Okay. My people are amazing. And black people just do it like no other people. We, I mean, we really do. We really, you we... cannot... We will not be outdone. Yeah, we will be outdone. Yeah, you know, people talking about us being extra, but you know, I had special Harry Potter shirts for Harry Potter. People Uh, dress up for comic book movies all the time. This is just the first time y'all have seen Negroes in masks (laughs) (laughs) participate in this kind of thing, right? And so, yeah, this this is what it looks like when we do it. And this is what it looks like when we do it. Like the coming to America ones were oh, those just were classic. Yeah, I think I sent you guys the uh, picture of the theater. I guess somebody had rented out a theater and they had food at the front, so people were like oh, walking with people plates. Had plates. Yes. Oh, that was. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't. With the... I was like, yeah. Yeah, I think so I think the plates might be where I draw the line. Yeah, but the thing was, okay, I told you we were gonna eat. I was gonna have my rice, so I actually got there first. We ended up not having rice. We had like lasagna or whatever. So I ate before, but a couple of our friends couldn't make it there, so we took them, you know, food in Tupperware. And wow. um, I know, cause yeah, and so my friend who prepared it, she was like, okay. You're going to have to pass it off because I'm not carrying this into the movie theater. And so I was like, they fine. They don't care. So when I handed it over to them, she wouldn't do it. So I was like, here, here's your food. Uh-huh. And then so I'm like, you're just going to walk in there with a, like literally a carry bag of food. But the thing is like, you could, because a lot of people go eat first and then go to the movie. So they have, sure. food, you know, whatever. So Leftovers. It's not yeah. 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 
but you know it wasn't Tupperware from home which this was of, la- <laughs> of lasagna and salad and bread and like this oh Haitian God. salad which is yummy with like beets and carrots called Russian mm. salad so that was really good so that's what in some lemon bar- Meyer lemon bars so like all of them Meyer lemon bars that oh, sounds they delicious were so, they were so good and so anyway so that was the thing so um I gave them the bag. They're like, you're just going to walk in with that. And so my other friend, there were seven of us, like gave um, my friend's husband a scarf. And so he just like put the scarf over his hand and covered the bag. And I was like, oh, yes, that <laughs> looks really inconspicuous. Nobody knows that you're No one knows anything. anything. <laughs> it was like an invisibility cloak. I was like, I had to take a picture of it. I was like, I, I have to get oh, a picture. It please. was hysterical. That okay, so that's what I was going to talk about. So I did kind of cover, I was going to go a little more detail. So I did cover that a little bit. Okay. But today I saw it. Wait. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is hilarious. So R. Kelly's ticket to Wakanda was denied. Oh, <laughs> I saw that. So again, the movie was everything. It was glorious. And it just made all black people long and wish for a place like Wakanda. Yes. Um, someone created a hilarious GoFundMe page, like send her to um Wakanda. She wants to move. Right. Um, the Atlanta and Orlando airports got in on the fun. Delta screen showing a flight to Wakanda. Um, at the at Hartsville in Orlando Airport, they had a, a picture I think on Instagram or something where they had Wakanda Airlines. So again, like awesome, and everyone's just like kind of you know in on the fun and like the mo- movie did like amazing broke all these records. So yeah. well, one Robert Kelly decided mm. he wanted to go too. Mm-mm. So he tweeted, "Hell, I'm on my way too. Amazing film." Wakanda forever. No, hashtag Wakanda forever. Uh-huh. Hashtag Black Panther with the pic from the Atlanta airport. Uh-huh. So the response, Lord have mercy. There uh-huh. were so many, so I'm just going to do a couple of them, which like are funny. So, of course, the first one, and she wrote an article about it later, a blog post. Awesomely lovey tweeted, no thank you. <laughs> we just closed the borders. Wakanda immigration. Girl. Oh, that is classic. Hilarious. And then another um, person on Twitter, Kinky Hot Curl. No, sir. This is the land of strong, grown-ass women and children. (laughs) You have no business here. Take that blank to Mars or something. Hashtag not on my watch. Hashtag or catch these hands. (laughs) Not catch these hands. Just so, just put it so succinctly. L mentality said, "Nah, bruh." <laughs> yep, that that sums it up. <laughs> that nah, sums bruh. it up. So that was hilarious, and yeah, R. Kelly just no. Like I don't know how many okay. times people need to tell him to stay off Twitter. The last yeah. time he uh, like did like the um. I don't know if it was an AOL thing back in the day, or he did something where he it was a kind of like a ask him anything kind of thing, and people uh-huh. just like went in with the like for real, like <sighs> who told you to do that? Like, did none of your people think this was you know go? Maybe you should do this horrible right. idea. Right, right, right. I just yeah. 
Yeah, the fact that he's just out and about and not underneath somebody's prison is just beyond me. Years, years of everybody knowing he's a pedophile. Years. And, like, he is still roaming the streets. Just roaming the streets. Just got evicted from his Atlanta house. So, literally, he might be roaming the streets. Was he evicted? Yeah. Wow. Or no, they, yeah, they, they foreclosed. Yeah, they foreclosed on the house. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. That's yeah, it. so uh-huh. could, yeah, um, yeah, all those things happen. So yeah, wow. so maybe he is literally roaming the streets. Who knows? Oh, but God, I'm just like, well, you don't have to watch out because you. you no, I'm way over his age range. <laughs> I was over his age range back in the '90s, so because yeah. I was like 18 when he really, you yeah. know. Yeah, you were way too much of an. Adult. I was graduating from high school when 12 Play came out. So yeah, Jeez. I've been too old for him. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, man, so that's that terrific. So yeah, I was like, I love Black Twitter. Black Twitter is everything. It's, yeah, yeah. Even though definitely. I am not a Twitter person, but it's still everything. It's still everything. Yeah. So that's the viral Vox. Very good. Yes. So next is. Mm-hmm. Wait, tell me everything. Yeah, so a couple things to tell you. I'm listening. So the first one is just a re- kind of an update on a story we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. Um, so Quincy Jones, we talked about the interview. So apparently <laughs> his daughters got him together and oh. he issued an apology for the statements he made in the recent interview. So oh, he got really? Yeah, on Twitter and dropped this apology. Girl, it's like three paragraphs. I'm gonna read it though, because it's hilarious. Um, a couple of weekends ago, my six daughters, whom I'm beyond proud of, took me aside to do surprise family intervention because of some silly <laughs> things I've said in two recent interviews, and I have learned my lesson. Let me tell you, I'm so grateful for my daughters because they aren't scared to stand up to their daddy. I am an imperfect human, and I'm not afraid to say it, and I'm sorry, and I'm not afraid to say it. When you've been fortunate enough to have lived such a long and crazy life and you've recently stopped drinking three years ago, (laughs) certain certain details about specific events which do not paint the full picture of my intentions nor experiences come flooding back all at once. And even at 85, it's apparent that word vomit and bad mouthing is inexcusable. One of the hardest things about the situation is that this bad mouthing has contradicted the very real messages I tried to relay about racism, inequality, homophobia, poverty, you name it, which is true. Like all that got overshadowed mm-hmm. by all the like mm-hmm. the salacious stuff. Sure. And of course, I don't want that. I've already reached out to my friends privately, but when You live a public life. You have a responsibility to be an example. And since I do lead a public life, I wanted to make a public apology. I'm sorry to anyone whom my words offended. And I'm especially sorry to my friends who are still here with me and to those who aren't. These friends are like blood family to me. To my dear family and friends, thank you for your grace. Thank you for calling me out when I've clearly made a mistake, many mistakes, even though sometimes it's difficult to receive criticism or discipline, especially publicly, I want you to know I hear you. I hear all of you, and I thank you. 
So I encourage you all to please grow with me and keep on keeping on. Love, an 85-year-old bow-legged man who is still learning from his mistakes. Wow. That wow. was a great apology. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's thorough. It covered all the things that needed to be um, mm-hmm. covered, for sure. Because, um, yeah, I was just talking to someone about this yesterday, and they were just saying how there's nothing worse than a gossipy old man. <laughs> dying um, so I was like yeah yeah it's just a yapping man in general a yapping man in general and then you add and, and actually it touched on something because one of the things one of my um, pet peeves along the, that same line is um, old women who are like super crass and like brassy mm-hmm. you know because I just feel like mm, you, you should, you be should not be that. Yeah, you should be a brother. You should not be that old. You know, like the whole like Betty White's whole thing in the last several years, where she's like this like gross teenager in an eighty year old's body or whatever. You know, I've just been like, yeah, honey, no, that's not cute. You know, so that same sense on a man, I was like, oh yeah, you're right. That that somehow is even worse. I don't mm. know. So, yeah, um, so I'm glad to see that um, his daughters got him together. Yeah, because they're full and grown, but like, Daddy, yeah. Could you please stop? Could you please stop embarrassing yourself and us? But, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that Good. was that. So, yeah, um, great crafted letter, and hopefully really? that's yeah. all. Yeah. Um, and they just need to keep him away from interviewers. <laughs> yeah, they were like, okay, so now we know. Right. No, inter- no more interviews for you. Dad's no. done with interviews. Yeah. He said all he's going to say forever. Yeah. Like, forever. That's it. That's yeah, it. That, let that be Yeah, the end of the Quincy Jones statements. Unless mm-hmm. you know him privately, and that, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, so thank, yeah, so that's great. Um, so the other thing that I mentioned earlier where I was like, oh, you're going to talk about this? And you're like, what's that? <laughs> so, um, it's the Ray Carruth letter. So, um, it's a pretty popular, well, not popular, that's the wrong thing, like, well-known, um, case. Okay. Um, and it happened in the 90s, and I think partly because it happened on this side of the world. Like, I had graduated, but, like, he was a Carolina Panther in the 90s, and, like, I was out here, you know, Carolina, Falcons, like, that was, you know, like, I kind of was familiar with players. Okay. So, Ray Carruth was a 1997 first-round dra- first draft pick. Okay. Um, to the Carolina Panthers, and... Um, in 1999, he was charged with conspiracy to murder his pregnant girlfriend, Sharika oh. Adams. Yeah. So he's been in jail since, I believe, 2001, um, along with the person who actually murdered her and the guy who um, drove the car who actually got out not too long ago. So the guy who, the, that accomplice, he's out of jail. And Ray Carruth is set to get out of jail in October. Wow. So wait, how long was he sentenced for and how much of that did he actually serve? That, I do not know, but he's been in jail, I think they said about 19 years. 19 years for conspiracy to murder. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. I guess so. Yeah, and it was a really like popular story again because the way that it happened was they were supposed to go somewhere and like he they were driving separate cars. He stopped in front of her and then the car behind her, they got out and shot her. And she was pregnant? And she was pregnant with their child. Oh my um, god. And so she, I think, got on the phone and like was able to say like she think that he did it. Um so they wow. later Yeah, they later found him. This is why like it's like it was kind of like a a funny thing that people talked about. He was found um gosh, I can't remember the city anymore. Why well, like because I can't remember, I'm sure it's Florida. Um <laughs> I can't remember. It must have been in Florida. Right. So anyway, he was found at a Best Western in the parking lot in the trunk of a car. What? Yeah. So that's what like people were like, in the trunk of a car. He was hiding. So that's what like people would make fun of. Like, how did Negro like hide in a <laughs> trunk of a car? So it became never like the look here. They never go look here. Yeah. So it became like that. Like that became like the think people would joke about even though like none of this is like funny at all but like it became crazy yeah it was like this crazy story or whatever so and And anyway what was the do they know the motive so they talked about that so that's one of the things that he addresses in that like it was always assumed that it was because he didn't want to pay child support um yeah and so so again, he's out, you know, up to get out this December. So, oh, the thing is, since you don't know anything about the story, she uh-huh. was in the hospital for a month. She died before she died, uh-huh. um, and she did have the child. Oh, so the child is eighteen, <gasps> and he has cerebral palsy, um, oh. partly because of the trauma um, from his birth. That, that's what they feel. And so he's been in the custody all of this time um, with Sharika's, that's the girl, Sharika Adams sure. is her name, with the, the girl's um, mother. Okay. So um, she, you know, so when she got out, you know, there's like something about, you know, her going to be, a, she was going to be there at the jail and all this kind of stuff. And she, you know, he's seen the child a couple of times over the years, but I don't think recently or whatever. Um, mm. So, apparently, so anyway, he wrote this letter and sent it to a Charlotte television station um, to set the record straight in regard to some of the things he said that um, Mrs. Adams has said about him over the years and how he's basically... Um, called her a liar and said that she's lied about oh. a, a number of things. So he, yeah, he did like a little cover letter. It was like a 15 page letter. And I read most of it. And like, there are just certain things that stuck out to me. And so basically his three things that he um, covered in regards to falsehoods or lies, he said that Mrs. Adams um, said about him. Um, he said that she claims that he never, apologize for what happened uh-huh. and he said that that's a lie he's apologized on several occasions in correspondence from prison um he also said that um she created a false impression of his relationship with her daughter uh-huh. and that he called he said that she was a stripper he said that they only had a physical relationship they were practically strangers they didn't date 
they just had, you know, they just took up. She, you know, he said that, you know, you kind of made the impression that you know me. You don't know me. We just happened to meet once in passing. Um, and so he also kind of slut shamed his mom and her mom. Um, his and, own mom? Yeah, because he said that we, um, I think we, you know, like, you know, physical lust or whatever, but also I think we connected because we were both products of relationships where women, um, where we were the children of women who weren't our father's wives. So apparently his mother and her mother both had, you know, children with married men. So he like found uh-huh. a way to bring that into this letter. And I was like, why was that even why necessary? Why is that even necessary? So, you know, I was just like, that's rude. Um, and so that was one of the things like, you know, they weren't girlfriend. He was, she wasn't his girlfriend is what he said. And they, we just had sex and hooked up and they uh-huh. were both having sex with multiple people, um, which leads to the other thing. Um, and he said like, the biggest thing was like paternity. He's like, I wasn't even sure cause your daughter was having sex with multiple people oh, that God. it was even my child. Um, and so he also challenged his motive for having her killed, um, which many people, you know, assumed um, that it was to, you know, he, to avoid paying child support. And mm-hmm. he said that child support was never mentioned as a motive during his trial. And he said the motive had more to do with um, her being unwilling to get an abortion. Okay, he, because that's better somehow? <laughs> he said it's better because we're strangers. You know, I don't know her. You know, you know, like, why wouldn't that be, like, the reasonable option? That is it. And he was saying that she told him uh, she wouldn't do it because she had had an abortion in the past, and she promised herself that if she would get pregnant again, she wouldn't do that. So that was the whole thing. So he said, like, that. I'm like, again, that's better. So, so yeah, how is that better, and how is any of this an excuse to kill somebody? Okay, oh, there's there's more. So oh, there are God. other things that stuck out to me in this this opus of nonsense and ridiculousness. Jeez. Um, that just made me angry. So one of the things he said was, um. I'll get to the first this first one because the other one made me so much more angry. He said, if I could change anything, I'd change the whole situation. His mother would still be here and I wouldn't be where I am. So that's what I want to change. I want the incident to never have happened at all. He noted back then he was very self-centered and immature. I was like, we all were self-centered and immature in our 20s, but we didn't right. kill people. Right. It's not... <laughs> Oh my gosh! He's okay, like, and this is not yeah. Oh, and this is the worst. Uh-huh. No, that's okay. So he one of the other things he wants custody what? of the son. Yeah, no. Yeah, and the mother no. was like, no, no, oh, no, no. I no, said no, 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 that no. he also accused her because he's like she said that she was open to me having a relationship with my son, but she's not doing anything to make that happen. Like, for me to see him or talk to him or all these kind of things. So he was saying, you know, uh-uh. so this is what he said. I should be raising my son. His mother should be raising her son. Miss Adams should not be doing this, and I want that responsibility back. Negro. 
Negro, no. No, first of all, you're right. His mother should be raising him, except you killed her. And she would be. <laughs> right. Like, it's not like she, like, opted to be killed by you. Like, you killed her, and therefore... And you wanted to kill him, too. Right. Like, you were glad for both of them to be dead. He just happened to somehow miraculously miraculously Miracle. survive this. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Okay, what? and this is oh, the gosh. worst thing, because this made me go okay it's like some dissociative like thing right here he's like i feel like he might never he might never have his mother in his life but he could still have me and i could still make a difference and i don't think that's anyone's responsibility when i'm still here Mm-mm. you, you Mm-mm. feel he might not ever have his mother in his life maybe he won't Maybe really, he maybe he won't ever have her. Maybe he won't ever have her. I get what he's trying to say, but the way that he phrased it, yeah, like like it's a possibility. Uh, I'm like, it oh could have. Yeah, she could have been raising him. Yeah, and how about you have already made a difference by taking away his mother? That's the difference that you've contributed. Thank you so much. And like <laughs> we're, this we're all done with your differences. Like <laughs> she differences. won it to do this yeah. and oh he also ac- accused her of like um monetizing this and like um you know using you know he's like I'm not gonna knock your hustle or whatever so basically like for her finding ways to um better support, support, support son. his son you know yeah his son that she never would have had to do if he hadn't killed her daughter right. he's like you know, uh, you know, calling her out for associating with different groups and getting money and saying quote unquote lies about him. Uh-huh. I was like, any lie she tells is never as bad as the truth of what you did. Right. I mean, it's really has it's really just just um, appalling that he has no remorse whatsoever and 19 years later is still in this place of just making excuses um for you know for his behavior like oh my gosh it's awful and then of course this is what and i was like and lord forgive me like this is the thing that i struggle with Mm -hmm. as a christian so he talked about finding a relationship with god Mm-hmm. I feel like I owe Chancellor. I let him down as he came into this world. And the only way that I can make that right, the only way I can work out my relationship with my son is to be there for him and be a father and a dad to to him going forward. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that to me, that really never doesn't really address his relationship with God or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And sometimes doing the best is uh-huh. stepping away. Right. Yeah. And he was like, what happens if she dies? Like, she's not the only person in his life. Right. That, and, she, and the the grandmother said that. She's like, there are other people in his life that love him and he knows and know him that can mm-hmm. take care of him when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Sure. Of course there are. I'm sure there's a whole extended family. Right. And so, like, and none of them include you, the person who wanted to kill him. And so this is where I struggle with, like, grace and like forgiving people for sins like I just can't with this like this is just because there's like an arrogance right and uh, yeah like you're you're unrepentive 
Right. Well, and, and that's, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, in this particular scenario, like, that is really the key issue. It's not so much the, it, there's not the availability of grace, but, you know, he has an unrepentant heart. He hasn't, he doesn't seem to really understand even, it almost seems like a cognitive thing to some level, like you said, yes, like, this, but, like, you know, like that, that the, the, the way that this is all, con- yeah, like the connection. Yeah. It's almost like that whole, how, um, you know, how they say that, um, uh, um, teenage boys, like, or, you know, um, I think it's, it's specifically boys that the frontal lobe doesn't make the connection between cause and effect until like they reach like 26 or something you know like their brains don't fully develop in that way um to make those real connections between like oh because i did this this happened you know because i dropped off the roof right yeah like you're right exactly you know or like that that might that that might be what happens you know um and it seems like like that like that level of like reasoning where there's not a real clear connection being drawn between what you did what you purposely set out to do or what you set in motion to have happen and the results of it, you know, like it's very bizarre. Mm. Um, But, you know, so yeah, sure. Like for, for someone who's, who would have spent these last, you know, going on two decades um, really rethinking all of that and coming to a different place with it and arriving to a place of, of asking for mercy and asking for grace, like there's always room for that, but that's not, this sounds like the complete opposite of that. Yeah. And he started off to saying like, I've accept long ago, except for the fact that I will always be a social pariah. And then, Oh, this is for you talking about moving to Los Angeles where he could live Mm -mm. in peace. Mm -mm. Don't move like, um, Like the uh, um, R. Kelly thing. Um, no, we fool. Sorry. Yeah, we fool. We've got all the fools up in L.A. that we can handle. Keep your foolish selves. Land somewhere in between. Yeah, here and there. Like there's yeah, I heard other there are good things going on in Iowa. Oh, yeah. Sorry, people. I don't think we have any listeners in Iowa. I don't know if we have. I don't think we do. So, Iowa, you getting one of the one, the bottom of the barrel. We're sending it over to you. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, that is just no. Please don't come here, sir. Please. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's terrible. So, yeah. So Ray Caruth. So he's Ray Caruth. Now I know who he is. Now too. you know who he is. So he'll be out in October. <sighs> oh so. my gosh, that is terrible. It's and terrible. It's, it's definitive that he's getting out. Like it's not a parole board thing. Like he's just done serving. I think he's like scheduled to get out. I think they said. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. So I think I'm not sure, but I think barring like him doing something, he's supposed to. They pretty much think he's gonna be able to get out in October. Wow. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think he's done with this sentence. Huh. So it's just yeah, like I don't know. I feel people do less offensive crimes and are in jail for way longer than conspiring. I'm like, conspiring to kill someone is just as bad as killing someone as far as I'm concerned. Because the the end is still the same. Like, you didn't pull the trigger. You you weren't the cause, but you were the cause because you paid for it. Like, you're... Right, like, you set the the whole thing in motion. Because the person who killed her 
wouldn't have thought about killing her were it not for you. Yeah, like I, I don't understand how it's how. I mean, I know that there's a differentiation in the in the law that actually commit the crime, like mm-hmm. the hands-on part of it. But I, I still, yeah, with those, I also feel the same way. Like, um, you know, the other podcast we listen to uh, talks about like attempted murder. How attempted murder is not as um, serious as actual murder or whatever, you know. But I just feel like. Well, like, like I get that, like, okay, you didn't take a life, but, like, you tried to. Like, that was your goal. Yeah, it should be, like, seven years. Like, it should be, yeah, like, a little it, more substantial. Yeah, like, I'm like, okay, like, I get that it, you maybe you don't get as long, but it should still be really close. Like, it yeah. shouldn't be, like, that different. Um, if you had your way. Right, like, it's uh, something went wrong, and you weren't able to, like, commit the murder pull okay. it off yeah pull it off but like yeah because uh, you're an idiot or you know you're not you know your <laughs> right. plan was foiled like you you know i live so right. you don't get points for that sorry i feel like you should not get points for that but yeah so that this would be another one where for sure like if you if you put the plan in motion and the money down on this whole event then that's on you dude Oh, how horrible! What mm-hmm. a sad, sad thing for this yes. for this family who, like, from you know, have been able to live freely all this time to now have this kind of looming in the in the horizon for themselves, you know. Yeah, and, and also that. he was just like you know mentioned her saying that she was gonna come to the the jail, you know, be there when he gets out, and he was all like, you know, you're you know if you're doing this for publicity and. You know, to garner more sympathy, like don't show up. I won't be a participant in your, um, like kind of media, um, whatever. Like your attempt to like garner sympathy or get money. And I was like, "Are you serious, man?" He... If I was, yeah, that is crazy. If I was her, I would move somewhere. Like I'd be like, "All right." We're changing our names. We are leaving all this behind. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I would be like, because I, I feel like your my own parental program rights yeah. should be severed once right. you decide that you wanted me dead. If you don't want me, pretend that I'm not here. I'm and actually leave me really alone. surprised that that's not something. I I know that it's not an automatic thing. Like, you do have to, no matter the circumstance, you do actually have to go through the the legal route like route to to sever parental rights but i'm really surprised that the grandmother hasn't already done that she may have i don't know but the fact that he um feels that he can he's going to petition to get him like she was like that's not going to happen so thanks oh She's mm. not concerned at all, so I don't know. So I'm sure she. Yeah, has he has something. to have had that done already. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that you would just count on him not wanting to be involved. You know, I I would think that you would just make sure that that was a a done deal. Mm. And I can't imagine any court anywhere that would keep mm. you from having his parental rights severed. You know. Yeah. Oh, God, what a horrible, horrible person. Horrible man who is still proving that he's a horrible man. Right, who hasn't changed, which Mm -hmm. is just... And now you're just a 44-year-old 
horrible. God, he's forty four. He's my age. That is unthinkable. Yeah, he was drafted in ninety seven out of Colorado. Oh wow, I yeah. can't even imagine. Yeah, he was very is... young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yeah. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. hopefully, on to other things. What's been going on your week? Hopefully, no dead gopher heads again. Cause that was gross. <laughs> You know, I re-listened to the podcast because I just want to check on the sound and stuff. And I literally had to skip over that because I was like, that is so disgusting. And I can't have that image in my head. So, yuck. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, it was... Um, it. My week was good. I'm trying to... I was, I've been trying to think about, like, what did I watch there? Um... My, I mean, I think the big highlights for me were um, seeing Black Panther. I went uh, last last Friday after work, mm-hmm. and um, it was just, uh, you know what? One of the one of the things because I was literally like emotional, like at various parts throughout the film, mm-hmm. and um, and at the end, like I was like you know like teary eyed, and I've been reflecting on it um, since then. And there was so much, so much there. There was so much. There was just so much there. But one of the things that I think um, caught me off gu- off guard or by surprise, or that's, I don't know, that, yeah, that just caught me off guard was, I don't think until I saw it all in action, like these amazing um, characters, these strong black women, like who were just so beautifully portrayed and so and highly well, respected like in highly this respected community. yeah like, honored it was yeah and how well cast they were all of that I don't think I realized uh until I saw it and experienced it in front of my you know just like watching it how much I needed that like it was weird like it was almost like this like the little girl in me you know um, like this sense of like, oh, like how different would that have been? Like, you know, like growing, having had this as an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, I don't think, I don't know. Like there was just this, this sense of like, wow, this was something that was really missing that I didn't even recognize that I needed for myself. Yeah. Um, and I, that caught me by surprise. Like mm. I was sort of like, "Oh, wow!" Like you know. So I think part of the like emotional response to it was out of that, mm. and then there's like you said, there was just so many layers of just you know, um, this you know this idea of this uncolonized country mm. um, in Africa, like what, like all that potential. Yeah, um, that made me a little mad. I was kind of mad about that the whole time. I'm just like, ugh. Colonizers, colonizers, exactly. Um, which is one of the best lines oh, out of that. Hilarious. hilarious. The theater erupted. Yeah, hysterical. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was just so good. Like I was like, it. I smiled all the way home. Like I just could not stop saying, like it's just so good. Um, mm-hmm. So um, yes, I got. 
text messages <laughs> afterwards and I didn't see it until Saturday and I was and then like you called and I was like I know what she's gonna talk about so I did call you back and you're like oh my god I'm so good I'm and I was like shut up yep and I was like it's just you. so good I just want you to know it's so good like okay I need everyone <laughs> to shut up and leave me alone I have we couldn't go see it until Saturday because of schedules and ugh I was so, I was like, I want to go see it right now. Oh, it was, yeah. I have to so go see dynamic. it again. But, because I feel like I need to see it again, because I know there's stuff that yeah, I Yeah, I've definitely seen it again. And I know, like, you know, there are scenes where people were just, like, laughing or either, like, saying something where it's like, ugh. But, yeah, it's a movie that I know my friend wanted to take her children to, and they're 11 and 5. You know, just for the five-year-old or even the eleven-year-old to see, like, you know, black women who are mm-hmm. natural, who are powerful, like I said, who are well respected in their community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just amazing, and just like the hairstyles alone, like all the natural hairstyles mm-hmm. and the costumes. Ruth Carter, Ruth Carter oh, has been doing her thing for Ooh. so long. And she is still doing, like, such amazing work. The costumes. And I saw saw someone, like, kind of break down the inspiration for all the costumes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It was just, like, amazing. Like, even, like, the hairdos, the braids, some of the Mm -hmm. braids. And Mm -hmm. um, the lip plates. And, like, you know, all the different, like, elements. Like, um, not M'Baku, but the one who had the blue... Um, blanket, the one who's in Get Out, who doesn't have the, mm-hmm, the discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel, Daniel, um, Kaluuya? I can't yes. Remember. Okay. Yes. His, um, you know, like where that kind of was inspired from. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, it was amazing, well researched. And yeah. people who say that black people can't be diverse, like all of these beautiful black people are from different places. Yeah, and it's just it was just amazing. Like I said, every black actor in Hollywood was in this movie. So <laughs> every, every single one. Because when I saw oh, that like, yeah. Sterling on there, I was yes. like, I didn't know Sterling Brown was in it. Yes, I was like, yes. Sterling Brown, yes, yes. I was so excited, um, and um, so yeah, it was just beautiful. And again, that last line. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, like, I'm not saying spoiler. We're not saying spoiler alert, as you can already see. And I don't care. Like, you should have seen it by now. Yeah, your punishment. You ha- I'm sorry. If yeah, you haven't seen it now, uh-uh. your punishment is that you're going to get spoiled. Because by like, the time you hear this podcast, it will have been in theaters for over a week. So shame on you. Shame on you. And how dare shame you. Shame on you. This yeah, is what how you dare deserve. You? How dare you. This is what you deserve. <laughs> yes. Um, Spoiled. Uh-huh. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. So you get all that, the spoilers. You know, Michael B. Jordan, like also the, the thing that I love was that like he was not like a villain. He was like an anti hero. And like yeah. the thing the most the thing that's kinda of funny, like I think a lot of black people weren't mad at him. Like they mm-hmm. were like he mm-hmm. was completely like justified in his mm-hmm. anger. Mm-hmm. Um but kind of you saw how anger letting that anger kind of consume you like what it does to you so like that was powerful too and then like what he said at the end like everyone was like man yeah the whole thing about the coming over boats and yeah yeah. in the ocean with my ancestors because Mm -hmm. i know that um 
death is better than living in bondage. And I was just like, so yeah, yeah, it was a beautiful movie. Ryan Coogler, so young. So this young man from Oakland, California, just and just again and again, just delivering Fruitvale Station, amazing. Yeah. Creed, you know how I love. The I Rocky know you, you know, yeah. So, and I even like Creed, and I'm not like a huge Rocky fan, but Creed yeah, is great. So Creed, you know, like he's just done like amazing work and just kind of um, showing he's a voice for, for a voice force. It was like, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. A force to be reckoned with, and just like I'm just looking forward to like amazing things from him in the future. Like he's already done such amazing things, and I'm just like very excited to see where his. Uh, career goes and like the whole you know matchup of him and Michael Bay Jordan like that's <laughs> been great to see yeah. that too so yeah very cool yeah so, so yeah yeah so I've just been vibing off of that it's just you know that that was the, that was the highlight of my last week for sure um, yeah I'm just so. waiting for it it's, it's still everyone's still like on a high and Wakanda forever and yeah yeah it's just been great we need some joy yeah absolutely it was it's it's definitely very much needed so it was great Mm -hmm. so so that's me what what about you okay very quickly since we you know yammered on and i kind of impeded on your personal thing this week because you know that was everybody's is everybody's thing Um, yeah (laughs) yeah so in addition to black panther weekend and all you know kind of stuff um, I finally had my day in court. That's right. Um, and I had my, you know, I got in an accident at the end of December, had a court date, but because mm-hmm. of the snow um, issue here, everything was shut down. So my court date got um, moved to um, this past week, some, uh, one day this past week, I can't remember what day it was. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, so I had my first experience uh, with Atlanta traffic court. Uh um so got there and um the thing was like I was I had to get up early and I was so anxious about like oversleeping because it was at 9 a.m and I knew I had to go and um copy something or whatever to take with me Uh um for my insurance company and so I was just like kind of anxious and like parking because you know I don't really go downtown Atlanta very often I just know parking is crazy and horrible But, you know, I wasn't really sure where, you know, it was. I don't live far from downtown, so, like, it wasn't, like, that big in terms of, like, time-wise and getting caught in rush hour traffic. But it was just me getting somewhere to park and getting there in time and all that uh-huh. kind of stuff. So, managed, got there. Um, it was fairly easy. Like, the security lines from our courts to their courts, like, that was hilarious. Like, there was literally... One a couple in front of me who just were didn't know what was going on, and the lady just waved me around them to go. <laughs> She's like, "Ma'am, just come right here," <laughs> um, and like grabbed my little stuff. Got went through security, got went to the court, sat down for five minutes. They opened the courtroom. We were there. I was like the second person in line to check in. There was this um, gentleman in front of me. Hmm. Um, and I actually, you know, finished checking in first. So I was like the first person in the seat. So, nice. uh, yeah, so the lady, you know, called me up and, you know, to talk to me. She's like, okay, you can come on up. And at first I was like, um, I was like, and you are, and who are you? Like, I was just like, no, didn't like really say what she was like, okay, come on. I was like, I don't know this. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Right. Who are you? (laughs) 
and she was like, oh, I was like, are you an attorney? Like, because you're sitting, like, in a seat where an attorney would sit, but I don't right. know, what is your function here? And right. she's like, oh, yes, I'm the prosecutor. I was like, okay, great. And so we went through the whole <laughs> thing, and she talked, and they had given me a form, which was great, mm-hmm. which, you know, like, one side, like, you're explaining your rights, and if you want to, you know, plead n- not guilty or guilty or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, not guilty and all the kind of stuff. Which mm-hmm. was great because the last time I went to traffic court in Los Angeles, we had to verbally say, and the judge was really old and misheard me. And so I had to like redo everything again. So oh, it was like Lord. I had to wait like an hour and then like get back in line and go back through the process and explain, <laughs> like, he didn't hear me right. That's not what I said. Oh, I said, my gosh. So they give you a piece of paper. So yes point one to atlanta because that's a much better way to do things yeah um especially if the judge is like 90 years old um <laughs> so did that and she was like um so he just gave y'all both tickets i was like yeah she's like okay yeah i'm just gonna recommend like you th- this is dismissed i was like great and she's uh-huh. like but you still have to stick around because you have to still have to go before the judge i was like all right great so uh-huh. they were like, go sit in the back. So I went to go sit in the back. And this time, like, there weren't a lot of people there. But, of course, by 930, still hadn't started, gang of people in there. Right. And so I was sitting on the end. People kept coming back and forth, back and forth. And so then the bailiff was like, okay, all the people in the back, y'all go sit on this side. So we had to get up, move to the other side of the courtroom. We're like, what the heck is going on? Oh, and so God. we were, you know, sitting there waiting. So the people who had lawyers had to go first. Uh-huh. And so they went first, and most of them just postponed the date. Uh, while this was going on, you know, I'm kind of sitting in the back because I was supposed to sit in the back, which I hate sitting in the back. I like to sit in the front because um, I'm that girl. I'm <laughs> You're that girl who likes to yes. sit in the front. I never like to sit in the back of the bus. Bad things happen in the back. <laughs> so true enough, there too, same thing. Oh, my gosh. There was this old little man. I know his name. I still remember his name. Because it was so distinct, but because this is a podcast in public, I'm not going to say that man's name. I'm just going you know, <laughs> to say Mr. Philpot. So he kept mur- like muttering under his breath, like, oh, this is ridiculous. What? They just got here. What? What? <laughs> well, I'll be. And he just kept like saying stuff, oh, and they kept hysterical. going, be quiet. It was this little peanut gallery behind me. <laughs> And so I was just like, gosh, I was here before all of y'all. So what are you complaining about? Right, right. So then they called up all the people with lawyers. He was one of them. And it was like a mistaken, like, identity theft thing. And he had gotten all these tickets, but it wasn't him. And it was actually the most exciting thing that happened while I was in there. So I was like, oh, wow. You didn't disappoint, Mr. Philpot. This is all very exciting. Um, so um, then all the people with lawyers were gone. Uh-huh. They, most of them rescheduled. And... Then they started calling names, but I'm like, they didn't start calling me. And I was like, um, hello? Right. The system. First, number one, why aren't you calling me? I gotta go to work. And so nothing. And so they called about four people. So the guy who was next, who was second in line behind me was sitting um, next to me, like in line. He was number uh-huh. you know, whatever. He was sitting behind me in the picture. He's like, hey. This some BS. We were here first. <laughs> right, right. He's we like, we were here first. And he was like, what is going on? This is making sense. So he started in. And at one point, I even joined it. I was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys are like forming a coup. Yeah. And so I was like, 
like, and then soon enough, they called the person who hit me's name, and then they called me, and I was like, oh, yes, that's me. She said my name wrong. And there was a whole little banter because they had misspelled my name on the ticket and on, on the oh, everything. Geez. And she's like, Christine. I was like, it's Kristen. They spelled my name wrong. And so there was like a whole thing. And she's like, oh, da, da, da. She's like, okay, great. Um, just, this is the Smith, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're free to go. Like, whatever. Go get a receipt downstairs. Mm-hmm. So that was it. So justice. I was like, yay. Justice served. Justice served. But still, I was out of $12 for parking. On this BS, so I'm mad about that Jeez. for an hour, and then it was like twelve dollars all day. I'm like, I'm not gonna be here all day. Ho- hopefully, so it was like right. an hour, ended up having to pay twelve dollars because there's a lot across the street. And mm-hmm. then, of course, I like in, you know the insurance stuff. That is going to be a constant battle because her insurance people denied my claim, saying like, oh well, we got a statement for her, and she said this, and you know, you said this, and so. Um, the police report, I was like, well, this is what the judge said. This is what my insurance said. I'm not paying for this. Right. So, you know, whatever. She's like, well, you know, well, there's nothing we can do. Like, it's just your word basically against hers. And I was like, listen, this is what happened. She didn't show up to court. Mm-hmm. She would give my insurance people a statement. I was like, she hit me. I am not. I was like, this is the damage that was done to my car and her car. Look how, like, the impact and all this. See how, like, she had to have hit me for it to, like, look like this? Right. And I was like, no, my car has the most damage and this is that. I am not paying anything right. for some, you know, because someone chose to lie. And right. I was like, it's ridiculous. It's not right. And I will not stand for it. <laughs> So I haven't heard from them and it's been a day. So I think it's been a day or two. And so I'm like, oh, you think that I'm done just because you, oh, no. Right. I am not done. So this is going to be an ongoing saga. So, yeah. All right. We got to, yeah. So it's close. We got to get ready to wrap it up. So, yeah, in case you didn't know, this is Kristen. (laughs) Oh, that's right. And I'm Andrea. (laughs) And this has been Wait Tell Me Everything, our tip episode. Woo! Oh, that's right. Episode number 10. We forgot the confetti. Yay. <laughs> confetti. Imagine the confetti raining imagine, down. Imagine the trumpets. <laughs> wow. Oh, All right, girl. Woo. I oh. am exhausted, but yeah. still exhilarated. Exhilarated, very good. I and I just have a bunch of stuff to do tomorrow. Um, excited about, yeah, I get to hang out with some cool kids tomorrow. So excited about that. Cool kids, yeah. I tell oh, you, the, the babies. babies, oh, the babies, yeah. Yay, my babies. Yeah. All right, we're uh-uh. over. So let's get yeah, going. Yeah, well, we're totally over. It's just, it doesn't matter anymore. All right, mm. <laughs> we'll do this again next week. Hey! Bye. Bye. Wait, Tell Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find us on Pocket Cast, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, review to help get the word out. Get social with us on Facebook. Follow us at Wait, Tell Me Pod on Twitter and IG. Questions, feedback, or something you'd like us to tackle? Email us at waittellmeeverything@gmail.com. at gmail.com.